Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about business today. I'm going to talk about what? 
Beautiful thing about business is we can learn so much about life through business, right? And everything that I'm sharing today, whether you own your own company or you're doing tens of millions of dollars a year, or you're just getting started, or you work for a company, all of these things I'm going to go through are kind of like, I call them the 10 outcomes of a successful enterprise. But I want to start with kind of a statement that I put together. Because a lot of people wonder, how can I have a successful business? And I want to, I want to explain, there's so much we can learn from this, this statement. Successful businesses operate with a clear vision that is shared by everyone. That's what by everyone? Shared by everyone. Okay, that means it's not just a vision in one person's head. Okay, it's shared by everyone. Remember this, Jay-Z, he said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business, comma, man. We're all a business. Okay, so if your vision is not shared by others, you don't have a business. If the vision's just in your head, right, it, it can't spread. So I'm reading this book and I won't shut up about it for the last three weeks. It's called Innovation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And it changed my life. It changed the way I thought about life when I read this book. And half of the book on the Innovation Secrets of Steve Jobs talks about vision, right? I thought this book was going to talk about like how you design products and innovations and all this stuff. No, half the book was like Steve Jobs just wouldn't shut up about his vision. And eventually the universe goes, all right, whatever. Like he won't shut up. You know, when he invented the iPad, Steve Jobs said, we're going to create the, you know, the, the smartphones are blowing up. People love the computers. And he said, we're going to create something in the middle. And here's the rule team. He had tens of thousands of employees. He said, here's the rule team. The iPad can't be bigger than an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Everyone goes, oh, no, no, no way. That's impossible. That's impo that, there's no way we could do that without a keyboard, without this, with a, with a graphical interface like this, blah, 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 blah. And what did Steve do? Did Steve just go, oh, you're right. I changed my vision. Yes or no? Do you think he did that? Change it? No. 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 Of course not. Absolutely not. No, he said, no, no, no. I see this in my head. I, no, you, you, you don't get it, guys. I see this in my head. Here's the vision, okay? It's gonna be this size, no bigger than it. Keep going back to it. Henry Ford, same thing. He said, we're gonna be able to create the internal combustion engine and it's gonna be no greater than this size. His engineers came back to him for years saying, this is impossible, Henry. Like, there's no way we can create an internal combustion engine of that size. It's just, it's not possible. So I got one more question for you. Did Henry Ford reduce his vision or change his vision? Yes or no? No. No. Okay, of course he didn't, right? He said, no, 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 you don't get this. I see it in my head. It has to happen. It's not a wish. It's not, oh, it'd be, it'd be real nice if we had this. It's, I won't stop until this occurs. 
How many of you watched the new Kanye documentary on Netflix? Just unmute and say yes if you watched it. Still watching it. Yes. yes. Of course. Like, in, in my opinion, the best documentary. I mean, it's it's right up there with Last Dance, uh, the MJ documentary. I mean, uh, the, the audacity, which I it, I love is that he was in that car in the first episode when he was nobody and he said he was practicing his grammy speech how many did does anyone remember that one in the first episode yeah that was i mean so so yeah. crazy he manifested it didn't he bill yeah i mean i got goosebumps right i'm watching it for a second time right now i'm like i had my notebook out at 9 p.m. last night, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta restudy this. I mean, there's this scene in there where Kanye's around all these other rappers, and this one guy goes, man, you're a really good, I think you're the best rapper producer out there. Kanye stops him and goes, no, 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 wait, what did you just say? No, you're the best, you're the best producer that became rapper, I think, out there. And Kanye looks at the guy and he's like, Okay, like that, that that's pretty low competition. There's not a lot of producer rappers. I don't want to be the best in a small pool. I want to be the best in the world. So call me 50th place rapper, but I'm a rapper. I'm not a producer anymore. Call me 50th place. Call me 40th place. Does anyone remember that scene? Yes, he actually got upset about it, didn't he, Bill? He, he was pretty frustrated <laughs> about being called the best rapper producer, which was very weird. Right? And it, it like, threw a wrench into the, this. It was just, like, a casual conversation. Everyone's having fun. And then Kanye throws this wrench, right? And he's just like, he's like, no way, man. Call me the 50th greatest rapper. Don't call me a rapper producer, though. The point is this. If you're not, if you're not getting kickback from your vision, you're not sticking up for it. If you're not ruffling some feathers with your vision, it's not big enough. It's not, it's not enough of a, it's not enough of a 180 degree turn to people. Your vision should feel like a, like a 180 degree turn. It should feel like they have to slam on the brakes and really process. Wait, what, what did you just say your vision was? What? Huh? Bruh, did y'all just clip that? I hope you clipped it. I because I couldn't get to my phone. If you clipped it, send that. I to have me. it, Brielle. I have yes. it. Yes, send That's that to right. me. Like, hundred and eighty degree turn. <gasps> what did that person just say? It should throw a wrench in their day. They should go home that night eating dinner with their loved one. And still thinking about it. <laughs> it's in you. The vision is in you. you. You don't read to find your vision. Most times, your vision is actually within you from age 14. And they, and I, you know, I, I read this in uh, cognitive behavioral science uh, uh, research thing that was done that most most of your worldview is formed by age 14 and then once you start learning the chops of business or whatever trade it is you want to master 
Like, I remember this for myself. My dad worked at this marketing company. I remember when I was like 14 years old, I, I had the first inkling of a thought of running a marketing slash coaching business because I saw my dad struggle with, I saw my dad hire all these marketing companies when I was really young, but he didn't know how to run the business side. So he just kept churning through marketing companies. And I thought, man, one day, can't there be a company out there that actually does the marketing and coaches business owners on how to, how to do the business. Now that's my business. It's so interesting, but oftentimes we're, we're, we have to get out of our own way to discover that vision. And we have to be okay with the criticism that comes from it. So there's a thousand and one ways to get clear on that vision, but there's, there's no prescription. There's no prescription better than you shouting it from the mountaintops. And the criticism reinforces the vision. It actually is the opposite effect. You think when people criticize your vision, you're just going to put your tail between your legs, give up and go in a different direction. That's not what happens. When people disagree with your vision, you're going to, you're going to solidify more into that vision. That's a good thing. So successful businesses operate with a clear vision that is shared by everyone. That vision is turned into an annual plan. That annual plan is turned into quarterly goals. The owner has a pulse on the operations of their business by watching and managing a handful of numbers weekly. The company executes on its initiatives rapidly and predictably by mastering a project-based mindset, excellence operating procedures, and the use of recurring meetings. More importantly, the team operates with 100% goal synergy and has the right people in the right seats. In short, everything is clear and accountability is high. That's a successful business. So all the other crap I just read after the vision part, it really doesn't matter if the vision isn't clear. So I was talking with this guy and he, he told me he wanted to like start a business and all this stuff. And I was like, what, like, what's your vision? And he was like, well, I just, I want to find a business to start. I was like, then don't start a business. Like if you're not obsessed about an idea that you cannot get out of your head, don't start a business. And by the way, if you run a business and you're not obsessed about an idea that you can't get out of your head, don't grow your business. Get back in touch with whatever the heck you can't shut up about. I'll say that slowly again. Get back in touch with whatever it is you can't shut up about. Then you can grow your business. Then you can start a business. Then you can start and take things in the next area, in the next direction of your life. So let's go through this. The and so that vision is turned into an annual plan. Okay, what is an annual plan? It's it's pretty simple. It's here's the big picture vision, and in order for that big picture vision to not be delusional, here is the exact math behind what's going to happen this year. An annual plan can take one hour to create. This requires a couple cups of coffee 
and an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and you critically think through what numbers must be true in order for my annual goal to not be a pipe dream or a fantasy or a delusion. The third step, this is where rubber hits the road and in the book Traction, this is what they call traction, right? Is when you run on a quarterly pulse. All successful businesses, now you can apply this to your life, your personal goals, to any area of your life. Again, we can use business as a vehicle for, for life. All successful businesses run on a 90-day pulse, a quarterly pulse, right? You see this in Fortune 500, public reporting of financials, all that stuff. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, right? Human beings can see a 90-day finish line. They cannot see a 365-day finish line, including yourself. So having the vision is one thing, but we got to learn the discipline of slicing up that vision, right, in 90-day chunks. So it's almost like you're constructing a dance for your business for an entire year. And there's a different dance for the first 90 days of the year and a different dance for the second batch of 90 days of the year and a third dance for the fourth through the third um, batch of 90 days, etc. What's the theme of each? What's the season in your business? and for your personal life, right? There's times throughout the year where it makes sense to be off balance on purpose, right? There's times where you have to, you know, invest a lot more of yourself in order to capitalize on opportunities, okay? When the dot-com bubble was happening and a couple tech companies blew up, right? Facebook, Amazon, Google. You can watch these interviews on, on Google, the blitz scaling interviews, the CEOs of, uh, the CEO of uh, Airbnb's interviewed on it, the CEO of uh, Google's interviewed on it. It's phenomenal, uh, Marissa Meyer, uh, CEO of Yahoo. These people, when the, when the internet was growing at like 10,000% year over year or month over month at some points, dude, there was no time for time off. It just wasn't the time for vacation. There was too much opportunity. And it created multiple billionaires and, and a lot of those early people who are in those companies are now multi-multi-millionaires because they, they trusted the trends, they trusted what was currently occurring. So it's one thing to have personal standards that I take vacations every, every X number of days, that's important. And I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of having mental recharge time. But the question is, is it the right time for that right now based on where you're at? Or are you in the grind phase? Like opportunity is not going to slow down for your personal preferences. There's going to be a time period where perhaps the metaverse has this, this exponential growth curve, right? And a couple of people are going to push aside all their other priorities and capitalize on it, right? And those are going to become the, the select few 80, 20, you know, the people who actually succeed. 
right? So again, the quarterly pulse is you pre-constructing what your focus is for a 90-day window, right? So the way we do that is we set what are called quarterly boulders. So every single quarter in our company, we have a list of between three to seven goals that are worded properly, owned by someone, tracked every single week, reported on, and we take corrective action on if we get off track on those goals throughout the quarter. The owner has a pulse on the operations by watching and managing a handful of numbers weekly. These are your key performance indicators. Now, biggest mistake that people make with key performance indicators is you have way too many of them or you have none of them. Most people don't find that happy medium. You're tracking either, if you run a company, you're tracking either too many numbers or you're not tracking any numbers. So each section of the company, marketing, sales, uh, operations, should have no more than three mega numbers that you track. So for us, we have an events side of our business, which is primarily our marketing. We have an event, uh, I should probably share the screen. Um, or share the, uh, the link. We have an event uh, with Gary Vaynerchuk, um, who I'll be interviewing, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, Michael Gerber, the author of E-Myth, um, uh, and who I'll be interviewing in two weeks at our Lead Abundance Challenge. I'll put the link up here. Give me one second. Um, how, do I, how do I share? Copy link? Or what's what link do I pl uh, press here? That's correct. Edit and then edit pin the link. Scroll down to the room. Uh, or Bill, if you want to shout out the room to me, I can do it as you're talking. If you want to slowly tell it to me, I can do it for you right now. Oh, yeah, it's Talk. fine. Yeah, just uh, if you type in um, www.leadabundancechallenge.com. Lead. Slash, and then it's slash abundance. All right. And Got that, it. Do that work. Thank you, my friend. Um, but what I'm saying here is that when we're running events, the number one key performance indicator of our event. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day is how many registrants did we get for the event, right? So, so I need to track that maniacally and obsessively. So every single week we report on how many registrants do we have for our events, right? That's like a mega North Star number for our online events that we run, right? So the, the people that have the most control of their business can run their business from a select number of numbers, right? Now this is the hard part. That's what I call the strategy portion, right? Of, of getting your business dialed in. Or again, you can apply this to your life, having 90 day goals, tracking key performance indicators, right? So think about it like this. When someone does a long distance run, do they just wing it like, a, like an Olympic athlete, long distance runner? Yes or no? What do you guys think? No, no, they have a strategy. 
they tracked their intervals during the run with maniacal levels of detail. They pace when they're doing a long distance run, they pace themselves. They look at their timer and they track, am I on track or off track throughout the milestones of the run? That makes any sense. Can someone unmute and say yes? Yes, that makes sense. Oh, it definitely does. See, like all this stuff's important, but again, it comes back to, do you have a vision that's worth going through all the work of setting all this stuff up? Are, are you really wanting to change the world or make a dent in the universe? Otherwise, you're not going to set up the quarterly goals. You're not going to set up all these key performance indicators because there's no reason to. There's not a big enough payoff, right? So that's maniacally is, is getting the vision clear. And then that forces you to, crap, I got to dial in my quarter. Crap, I got to dial in my numbers, right? Okay, now the execution pulse. Projects, EOPs, and meetings. Okay. The most successful businesses, they are project based, they're process based, and the executives spend a lot of time in meetings. Right? So, what does project based mean? Well, there's a difference between projects and processes. So a process is an ongoing system on how you do things. A project is more of a one-off initiative. So for example, if for a business, you need to roll out a CRM, like a new CRM for your business, that is a project. That, that is a project that is outside of the normal course of business. Process example is how we answer the phone or how we our sales script um our, our process could be um how we promote events on a recurring basis etc right there are things that are on repeat that happen on a recurring basis in the business those are processes again projects are things with somewhat of a finish line that are one-off right so the most successful businesses run on a project basis first and foremost is they're able to quantify what their projects are right and communicate them in a way where other people get them done so there's a ton of tools for this at the end of the day there, there's a tool i created called the project planner um the project planner is um, I can actually post a video of the project planner on my Instagram for, I, I know a lot of you are already following me, but um, I can post something on my story about it because it's so powerful. It, it trains you to turn vague needs into specific delegatable projects, right? Because that's really what execution is. Like it's, it's you communicating what needs to get done without you doing it. That's the ultimate execution, right? So that's projects. Then we have processes, right? Processes are those ongoing processes. Where are your processes stored? So vital. Can I snap my finger and say, show me where your company's processes are stored? And can you immediately open up a folder and say, here they are. And everyone knows where they're stored. 
Most companies, it's, it's a no. That's why you can't step away from your company. That's why you're needed in every single, every single thing. So the better the processes you have, the easier it is to step away. And then the third function is meetings. Everyone thinks meetings suck. Meetings are a waste of time. We don't need more meetings. Okay, I just read the book Four Seasons by the founder of Four Seasons. I just read the book High Output Management um, by Andy Grove, the founder of Intel. Uh, you know, the book uh, Three Hag Way, the book Traction, um, which are books I read a long time ago. Um, there is a, a, so much evidence out there that if, if you try to fight against having meetings, like you're killing yourself. You have to master the skill of how to have high impact meetings. Purpose, agenda, outcome. All successful meetings have purpose, agenda, outcome. The purpose of this meeting is X. The agenda is we're gonna spend, notice I didn't, I didn't ask how much time do you think we should spend on X. We're gonna spend 10 minutes on this, 10 minutes on this, 10 minutes on this, five minutes on this, 10 minutes on this. Purpose, agenda, and outcome. The outcome is, as a result of this meeting, I'm looking for five decisions. Decision A, B, C, D, and E. All of a sudden, you will love meetings. Meetings are the vehicle to delegation. Meetings are the way that you can actually get other people to execute on the ideas that you have. Right? They're the, they're the vehicle for teamwork. Okay. Now, the hardest part to get is the last part, which is most importantly, your team in your business or in a sports team or in any area in your, your family team, whatever team it is, this is so vitally important. The team must operate with 100% goal synergy and has the right people in the right seats. So if there's two takeaways from what I'm talking about right now, it's make your vision a 180 degree turn and shout it from the mountaintops. Make it a habit. I'm gonna say my vision out loud once per day to someone else. That's one, the takeaway number one. All the other crap I just talked about, the meetings, the projects, the uh, EO, I call them EOPs. Other people call them SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. I call them EOPs for Excellence Operating Procedures because I don't think any of us signed up for standard in our lives. Um, so I call them Excellence Operating Procedures. But long story short, like all that stuff is crap compared to having a clear vision and this last part that I'm talking about, which is what I call goal synergy or team synergy. Here's what it is. The most successful teams on planet Earth, their personal goals are aligned with the goals of the company. Point blank, end of story. Their personal goals are married to the goals of the organization, of the family unit, of et cetera. Right? So a simple method, a simple example of this is a kid wants some candy, that's his personal goal. And the way that he can get the candy is by taking out the trash, the family's goal. <laughs> that's an example of goal synergy. 
Now that's a very elementary example, right? But look, look for this in every area of your life. And the way that we do this um, is through the process of PPFs, right? So personal, professional, financial goals, which is something I learned from Brandon Dawson. Um, so every single member of our team has an Excel spreadsheet with their personal, professional, and financial goals, right? And they're out in the open so that we know what their personal, professional, and financial goals are, but they also know what the company's goals are. So if ever we have to realign, not reprimand, realign someone to their goals and or the company's goals, it's all, it's all out in the open. So there's no surprises, right? So goal synergy, goal synergy is what will either propel your success or completely crush it. Like when everything feels hard, it's when everybody is not rowing in the same direction. So then you go on this journey now with me having over 40 full-time team members, like I, I, I have to constantly learn about how to communicate better. I, I just wrote this down today. Like here's what I'm going to work on today. I wrote it in my phone. I'm going to work on communicating solutions to my frustrations at the right time and in an organized way. So how do I learn that skill? Well, I got, I got to read books on leadership and communication. And cause yesterday I freaked out like three times and it wasn't like a crazy freak out, but it was me venting frustration to my team and it caused just bad juju and that's on me. And I have to up my skills of communication in order to deserve to not vent my frustrations in a disorganized way, but to channel them into a solution, right? That's on me. One goal I write down when I write down my goals every single morning is I take 100% personal responsibility for my thoughts, words, actions and emotional states 100% of the time. Oh, I missed one. I take 100% personal responsibility for my thoughts, words, actions, emotional states and results 100% of the time. I'll, I'll say it one more time. I take 100% personal responsibility for my thoughts, words, actions, emotional states and results 100% of the time. I think a thought that's not a good thought, I take ownership of that. Yep, I thought that thought. Words, I said X. Yep, I said those words. I take 100% ownership, I said those words. Thoughts, words, actions, I took that action. Yep, I fully own that. I had X emotional state. Emotional states are usually victim mindset. Why did, why did so-and-so do the X to make me feel this way? Nope. I take ownership for my emotional states. I chose that emotion, right? We're talking about how to, how to become a better communicator. Vision clarity is one thing. Getting the vision into other people, that's a skill. I have met so many people who have this big idea, but they don't have any hope of getting that idea into others. 
because they haven't learned this the skill of communication. I take 100% responsibility for my emotional states means like, like I chose to take X fact and turn it into a negative emotional state. When the attitude is right, the facts don't matter. Like, I wish this was just pipe dream talk, but this is like science shows this. It's called the reticular activating system. Right? When the attitude is right, the facts don't matter. The facts are fuel. Okay? When Kanye West broke his jaw right when he was about to launch an album, it, yeah, the fact was he broke his jaw. And what did he do? What song did he make from that? Through the fire. Through the fire. Well, the song is actually through the wire. Uh, and it's because his mouth was wired shut. And he decided to make a song while his mouth was wired shut. A rapper. Make a song with his mouth wired shut. Do you realize how inspiring that is? Breaks his jaw, catastrophic car accident. Takes that fact and goes, that's an awesome opportunity. And that was literally what lifted him. That was literally what catapulted his brand was that adversity turned into an opportunity. But that same Mindset applies to every area of our life. If the attitude is right, the facts don't matter. The facts, especially the negative ones, are probably the vehicle to you reaching the success that you want. My friend Ari left, um, who I who he recorded my album. He grew up five minute drive from me. Ari left is the uh, the the musician behind the band Loud. L-A-U-V, Lauv. Um, he made the song, I like me better when I'm with you, that song. So he has like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of followers now. And he's making a lot of money and traveling the whole world. And I remember one day I was with him and he said he was about to give up music because he had a lisp and he didn't think he was that good of a singer. And I remember when he went to NYU for school, he wanted, he studied to become a producer. And he said, you know, I think I'm just going to become a producer. I'm just really good at the music side. I'm not really that good of a singer and I have a lisp. And then a light bulb moment happened, put out this song and one person complimented his lisp. And instead of him trying to sing really high notes, he just embraced that he didn't have a crazy high range in his voice. And he started singing really simple melodies. And then he wrote the song, I Like Me Better. And it literally became a global hit. Like all over the world, they played I Like Me Better when I'm, when I'm with you. And he was three feet from gold. He was literally about to quit. He was about to become a producer. 
So the, the fact that he had a lisp, the fact that he wasn't that good of a singer actually became the two components that made his voice unique. It made his music simple and he immediately blew up. We spend so much time trying to fit into a box, but our gifts are actually most times what we perceive as our weaknesses. Like when Kanye was blown up, like he wasn't the traditional Rockefeller record gangster. Like he was a clean cut dude. Like he didn't have a crazy upbringing. He didn't kill people. Like he didn't, you know, deal drugs or all this, all this crazy stuff. Like he was like a, he was just like a clean cut, nerdy producer guy that had a, a lot of self-confidence. Right. And so we kind of changed the mold that he thought that was a weakness. Him being a producer first before he was a rapper became what made him chop up, you know, eighties songs. And, and choruses into the into the beats where you hear the high-pitched voices in the back of his beats and they're chopped up like 80 songs and stuff. That's his producer strength, which he thought was a weakness. He thought, ah oh, man, you know, well he actually never thought it because he had the right he had the right mindset. He he didn't doubt himself ever. He's practicing his Grammy speech before he even did one rap. So I want everyone, when you get a chance to go through the process of a SWOT analysis on yourself. What? Yeah, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and what? Go ahead, someone unmute. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and Threats. Threats. Yes. Threats. S-W-O-T. SWOT. SWOT analysis. Do it for yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What opportunities exist within your current industry, whatever it is your 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 expertise is? And what are the threats coming at? Artificial intelligence, metaverse, blah, 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 blah. Other things external. Strengths and weaknesses are internal. Opportunities and threats are external. Do a SWOT analysis on yourself. Like Gary V says, who I'll be interviewing in two weeks, he always says, like, quadruple down on your strengths. You know, screw your weaknesses. Stop trying to shore up your weaknesses. Like, just go all in on your strengths and then build a team around your weaknesses. Okay, another way to do this is through the process of what I call feedback analysis. So feedback analysis is from Peter Drucker in the book, Managing Oneself. And it's a lot of billionaires rate this book as like one of the top books on business, even though it really has nothing to do with business. It has to do with personal, personal advancement. Feedback analysis is another method of doing a SWOT analysis. 
feedback analysis is where you you look over your life as though your life was like chapters and you analyze in anywhere between six to 18 to 24 month chunks of time you analyze when did i set a goal and which goals did i crush and which goals did i not crush right that's feedback analysis. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty clear name. Feedback analysis. You're analyzing feedback from the universe, from God, from your company, from the goals you set. Like the universe is, is going to show you the things that you've set goals around in the past that you crushed. Triple down on those things. Don't go and get sold on some new, hot, flashy way of doing things. I'll give you an example on this. Like we crush it with events. We've done $2 million in sales at three events in a row, virtual events, primarily virtual. One of them was a hybrid event, $2 million in sales, three events in a row within less than a 70 day time window. So we've run $6 million through three events in less than a 90 day time window, no, less than a 75 day time window. That that's our strength events are our strengths so we've literally built a coming up on multi eight figure business primarily through events as our sales as our um sales vehicle now i could go get super excited about oh i read a book on how to build a sales team an in-house sales team that cold calls people and i could you know i could i could do this new facebook group strategy that i learned from some person online and let me just scrap everything that's working with the events and I'll just build a Facebook group strategy or uh, I'll just go build a new sales team. Does anyone think that it would be smart for me to scrap what's working? Yes or no? Mm -mm, absolutely no. not. So my question then is why are you doing that in your own life? For everyone listening, we all are guilty of this. I've done it a million times when something's working, we get distracted and we go and try something else, but we didn't slow down to look at, whoa, 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 this is working. What if we sprayed more fuel on this? What if we poured more fuel on this? So for us, that's, that's, you know, I know I talk all over, all over the place and I'm fast paced and crazy, you know, but I, I have, I cultivated a very tiny skill of focus and, and, and finishing one thing fully. Like when we launched our first Google advertising campaign, we landed like 14 clients in our first month from it. And it, we spent like six grand or something. It was not a lot of money. I know some of you are like, that's a lot of money. No, it's not, not, not when your vision is big, that $6,000 a month is, is, pennies if you have a multi nine figure vision which i hope everyone here does have in their own version of that but long story short within three months we increased that six thousand dollar budget to twenty six thousand dollars in a month right and then we we maxed that out so this is where i came up with the concept of pioneer audit systemize pas pioneer audit systemize pioneer audit systemize pioneer audit systemize what does that mean the most innovative 
innovative, rapidly growing people and businesses. They're constantly trying new things. They're constantly auditing what worked when they tried that new thing. And they're constantly systemizing what works so that it can go on autopilot. I'll say that again, because there's so much gold in this, in this one three-pronged framework. Pioneer, audit, systemize. The people who grow rapidly in their lives, personally, professionally, financially, they try a lot of crap. They, that's pioneer. They, assist, they audit, pioneer audit. So pioneer, they try a lot of crap. They audit what worked throughout those tryings. And then they systemize the small elements of what worked so that it can run on autopilot. What most people do is they go pioneer, abandon, pioneer, abandon, pioneer, abandon. Pioneer, try new thing, didn't work, abandon it completely. Try new thing, it didn't work, abandon it completely. We have to become researchers in our own lives. What? We have to become mad scientists researchers with our ear to the ground, always listening. Right, John Leisure, who comes on, he comes on Clubhouse all the time, former CEO of T-Mobile and when I was interviewing him for a string of like 20 nights in my old marketing mastery room, um, he would always say, yeah, I mean, being CEO of T-Mobile was easy. I had two principles. I listened to my customers, listened to my team, and I wasn't surprised when I gave them what they told me they wanted. I wasn't surprised when I gave them what they told me they wanted and they were happy. Well, we listen to our customers, we listen to our team, but do we listen to the marketplace's response to what we're doing? Is our ear closely leaning in? Right? Now, pioneer does not mean, I gotta clarify this, does not mean you're some distracted maniac. I'm gonna try uh, uh, being an astronaut this month. Yeah, let's be an astronaut this month. Okay. okay uh, Okay, that didn't work. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try, um, uh, you know, uh, sewing. I'm gonna become a sewing, the sewing master. No, no. Okay, I'm saying, pick one mega thing that you're obsessed about, and once you've re resolved on what your vision is within that one thing, now we can start pioneering, auditing, and systemizing. So I'll give you an example on this as it pertains to our business so you can find your own business or self in it. Or how about this? I'll do health, right? I tried like doing weightlifting for six and a half years. I mean, geez Louise, I, I went to the gym all alone, put my headphones in, grinded it out, lifted the weights all alone, never had a workout buddy. And I wondered why I would go through these ebbs and flows of like commitment to the gym because I'm not, I'm not a fitness pro. I'm, I'm a business owner that uses fitness as a way to increase my personal energy levels. So I tried that. I tried hiring a personal trainer in the gym. I tried doing group uh, weightlifting. I tried all these different things, right? 
I tried a thousand different diet strategies, right? Just kept trial, 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 pioneer, pioneer, pioneer. And one day I, I realized I was going into that pioneer abandoned trap and I decided to audit. Hey man, what, what worked here? Well, I remembered I went on a trip to like Arizona once and I signed up for like an F45 group workout class. And I was like, that was the easiest thing ever. I burned more calories than I did in the gym all by myself. I had a ton more fun. There was a group environment. There was trainers to hold you accountable. Energy was high, got cardio in and strength training. I was like, why didn't I listen to my body's response to that? I'm not saying high intensity interval training is the only way to go. All I'm saying is for me, I discovered when I audited the results of me doing that, it worked for me. And I haven't missed a workout in, I don't even know, over a year and a half because there's accountability, right? And there's all those other factors. So Pioneer Audit Systemized, now it's on autopilot. Like now I've signed up for the next, you know, however long because I don't need to think about it anymore because I've went through my trial and error. And the same thing happens in marketing. When we first discovered that I needed to get 200 leads per month, this is like three years ago, I discovered we need to get 200 leads per month. So I went on a pioneering journey on a what, on a what journey on a, huh? A what? Pioneering journey. Like literally you're like Christopher Columbus for your goals. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you are Christopher Columbus or Christina Columbus. If you want to use a female version. version. Yeah. Chris <laughs> Christina Columbus. Okay for National Woman's Day. All right, give it up for Woman's Day. I think this is like two days ago. Everyone give a woohoo, unmute real quick. No, you guys awake, give a give Give it up for the ladies out there. Woo woo, women. Everyone awake. Hallelujah. Golly. So, long story short, um, what am I saying here? What I'm saying is we have to audit our lives for what's working. We have to do a, a SWOT analysis on ourselves in whatever way that works for you. Another, another, there's three ways I found to do a self audit. Number one, SWOT analysis on yourself. Number two is feedback analysis, which is that Peter Drucker managing oneself concept. We look over your life in 18 months ish chunks. You look at the goals you set and which ones came easy to you. You pioneer audit systemize, right? Another method is quantifying your hourly rate. This probably has the biggest impact on people. And I've rolled this out with hundreds of business owners. So I'm telling you quantifying where you spend your time, quantifying where you spend your time by dollar amount. So Perry Marshall in his book, 80, 20 sales and marketing, he created this sheet, this diagram that shows what are 10, hundred thousand and $10,000 an hour tasks. You know, this deep down, but you just haven't written it out. So for me, when I wrote this out, it was very clear. $10,000 an hour task is creating new, new and better offers, obviously recruiting 
like is that's a $10,000 per hour task is hiring people. So if you hire the wrong person, it's the biggest expense in a company, right? So I went through this whole list of like, what are all my $10,000 an hour tasks? $10 an hour tasks, they're gone. I don't handle them anymore. So when people ask Bill, like, why, how, how haven't you checked your email in two years? It's because I don't have to. I have like an arsenal of people who check my email and I get notices when there's fires that need to be put out or emails that need to be responded to, but that's a $10 an hour task. I don't need to open my email. I, checking social media feed is a $10 an hour task for me. So I have unfollowed, like love it or hate it. I mean, you can hate me all you want. Uh, it's just a $10 an hour task. I don't get any notifications from anyone on any social media site. I've unfollowed everyone on Facebook. I still have all the friends. I get zero posts when I log into my Facebook page. I've unfollowed every single person on my Instagram. I, I, I just don't, I, can't, I don't have time to gamble with whatever Instagram or Facebook's algorithm decides to show me that day. Love or hate it, unfollow me, do whatever you wanna do, I, I don't care. Or just follow the people that inspire you and unfollow all the people that are, you know, you don't have to be as crazy as I am, but geez, I mean, our, our, our brains are literally at the whim of an algorithm. Is that crazy? Is that just me? Crazy. Agreed. Just decides to plug some Ukraine news or something, right? Or, or I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about it. the Ukraine stuff going on is absolutely horrific and terrible. But if I didn't want to see that at 6 a.m., right, I don't have a choice. If the algorithm says I got to see it, then I got to see it. That's not a way to live life. I get no text message notifications. It, this pisses people off, by the way. I don't know if you texted me. I could get a thousand texts right now. I, I get zero buzzes, beeps, nothing. Because they're all $10 an hour tasks. I don't take inbound phone calls. I was talking with uh, with my dad about this, actually. He gets frustrated with it. It's like, why don't you pick up calls from your dad? I'm like, I, I don't, I am the type of person that does not take inbound calls. This is just, I have, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Hey, Bill, can I ask you a question? This is Ramon, do you mind? Yeah. All right, so because since you don't take inbound calls or dings or DMs, can you share with the BWC audience What's the best way to reach Bill? And what do you do for, say, your wife or your lawyer or a kid who's sick? And I'm serious, meaning, is there, do you have a special secret phone number that only 10 people have? Can you just break that down? Because, you know, I'd be curious. How do you reach Bill if you want to say, Bill, whatever. How do you work with that? With people you want to reach out to, what do people do? Strangers, like the BWC community, and then your close top 10 friends, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, so there's, um, so there's, I mean, I have an executive assistant and the, and she'll basically just call me. And if, so if a call comes in from Emily or my executive assistant, those are really the only two calls I'd pick up. Um, got it. That makes know, sense. Got it. So then if, and since, since they're monitoring my inbox, you know, DM, all that stuff, if something pops up, it's not, Emily's not managing it. Um, uh, my executive assistant is. But if, yeah, so what, if things pop up, which by the way, it's very fascinating, almost nothing ever pops up because everyone's been trained that 
you, you got the wrong guy. Don't come to me. Right. And so I, that that's it. Just two points of contact and people monitoring stuff. Um, it's really that simple. It's a great question, Ramon. I never really well, thought Bill, of I'm going to ask one more question. I'm going to take my shot. Let us let me know in private how we can contact your executive assistant. Let me know in private. Thank you, brother. I love Absolutely. this segment. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can email a bill at smbteam.com. Boom. And then she, Thank you. she monitors all that. That's my Thank you. That's my direct email. Bill at smb small medium business team team.com. Um yeah, but it's very funny. You can train people to understand that you don't, you're not a firefighter. I, I'm not here. I, I don't, I don't put out fires. I'm a fire prevention expert. I always tell my team, like I'm as CEO, my job is to create the systems, the vision, the processes, the goals that will allow us to prevent a fire from ever happening in the first place. That's another $10 to hundred dollar an hour task. Rolling up the sleeves and oh, someone's unhappy. You're, you're going down to that person's level when you deal with that task. You think Bill Gates in, handles individual computer problems? Yes or no? Let me see you guys are awake. Uh-uh. No. No. Okay. No. Absolutely not. No. Right? Stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So what is your hourly rate based on your three-year vision? And it's going to be scary because that means that right now, if your real hourly rate is 100 an hour, but your three-year vision hourly rate is $10,000 an hour, you got to start being a $10,000 an hour person now and make the decisions and have the conversations that are required to make that come true. So. My name is Bill House, everyone. Uh, I'm gonna shoot a picture of my project plan. Actually, I'll do my daily planner on my Instagram. So if you're not following me, click on my head, give me a follow on Instagram, and I'm gonna post it right after I hang up, so you guys can uh, so you guys can use my uh, my daily planner and my project planner, which uh, which really helps with a lot of stuff I was just teaching. This is Breakfast with Champions, the number one room in all the clubhouse. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.